0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at LifeHouseChurch.org. You ever got an in over your head? You ever been caught in a storm? I mean, in over your head, I feel like it's a dad's responsibility when you take your kids to the beach or the pool to flip every donut and every floaty and throw your kids in over their head. I mean, that's my mission, right? Like your kids are in their donut, they're out in the beach, you know, they're, you're at the beach, they're in the water, dad goes out and you gotta flip them over uh, or you're in the pool, right? And, and your job is to get your kids in over their head, right? So my little guys, right, they got their floaties on and I'm over there saying, come on, jump in, right? And there's this moment when they jump in and you can't catch them before they hit, right? You gotta let them land in the water. They go under the water, and then you, as a dad, you grab them and you make sure they come back up quickly. But when they come up, right, they're, they're sputtering and they're spitting and they're, they're trying to open their eyes because they got in over their head. Maybe, maybe your uh, floaty got flipped in life but maybe it's not just a, you know, on the beach, floaty got flipped. Maybe you didn't just jump in the deep end and you went a little underwater. Maybe the storms of life knocked you under and and there's no, you know, easy floaty donut that's gonna hold you up. Maybe you got in over your head financially. And there's no quick bailout. Maybe you're in over your head in a relationship or emotions. Maybe there's some thinking that's got you in over your head. Maybe there's some storms raging in the relationships in your life. Maybe you're experiencing other troubles and storms and you can literally feel the waves rising up in your life, crashing against your heart or your mind or your emotions. And when you look around, it's like being underwater. There's no way out. You feel trapped. You feel stuck. You you know if you're if you're down under water and you're you're caught underneath and you're looking out and you're like how and you can't breathe and you're you're trying to get up. You're, how am I ever going to get out of this? And that's what it feels like, right? When you're stuck in the storms of life, there's no quick or easy way out. And, you know, like, like your kids, right? If I have my boys, I tell them I'm going to jump in the pool. And the first time they trust me enough to do because I'll say it, just trust daddy, right? And then they jump and the floaties catch them, but they were expecting to avoid going underwater. But as a good dad, you got to let them go underwater so they can learn that it's okay to jump in. But then I tell them, all right, now you pick them up out of the pool and you stick them on the side. You're like, all right, jump back in. And the second time, they don't trust you. Because they know if I jump in, I'm going underwater. And now I got to get somebody maybe to push them in. right? Or or do whatever it takes to get them to get back in. Come on, come on, come on. Just one more time. Jump, right? And this time I actually back up a little more and I really let them go underwater. But maybe for you, you know, like all of us, we start out life with hopes and dreams. And we, we start out thinking that we're gonna set sail into the calm seas. And it doesn't take long before what you realize is you're jumping in the deep end and you end up underwater. You, it doesn't take long before calm seas become stormy waters with waves crashing in and suddenly you become disillusioned and confused about the dreams and the hopes that you set sail toward. And now you feel lost and abandoned and alone and you, many feel like you're giving up on your hopes and dreams. And uh, that's where we meet the disciples of Jesus. They have been following Jesus, and they, you know, in this moment in Jesus' uh, life and journey, he's done miracles. I mean, he's healed the sick. He's given sight to the blind. He's raised the dead. He's preaching, and like tens of thousands of people are following Jesus wherever he goes. There, there's a nearly euphoric excitement around following Jesus, and the disciples, I mean, they're Jesus. They're, they're right there next to you. I mean, they're, they're leaders with Jesus, so, when the crowd looks at Jesus, I mean, there, there's Jesus' right hand men. And so there, there's this energy around the life of Jesus. In fact, that's where I want to kind of pick up the story. If you, if you uh, come with me, you'll see it. John chapter six, the author John is writing about kind of this season in Jesus' ministry. It says this after the people saw the sign, so Jesus just, um, th- there's this moment where he, it's called the, the, the breaking of the, uh, the, the moment of the feeding of the 5,000, where he takes a small little meal. He blesses it, prays over it, and then distributes it. And like 25,000 people are fed in that moment. And, and then after Jesus feeds the, the, the crowd, he, he's, um, preaching from the, he's preaching from the boat, and he, he, he wants to escape, but the crowd follows him. And, and there's like this excitement. There's this energy, like the crowd, wherever Jesus goes, that's where the crowd goes. And after the people saw the sign, the, the sign of feeding the thousands... Um, that Jesus had performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world, the Messiah, the anointed one. Jesus, knowing they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Now, there's this moment in between uh, him feeding the thousands and the crowd getting so excited that they wanna make him king and Jesus going up the mountain by himself. And, and the author Matthew records the in-between moments. And it, and it says this, um, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. So they were, they were in, Jesus had been teaching from Peter's boat, and then they set sail in Peter's boat. Jesus feeds the 5,000 men, about a crowd of about 25,000. And then before Jesus goes up the mountain to pray, it says that he immediately um, made his disciples get in the boat and then set sail to the other side while he dismisses the crowd. So there's an interesting thing going on there that he he makes them. It's, it's very specific. It says like Jesus by Force demanded for his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. And then he dismisses the crowd. The disciples, what they want is Jesus to keep the crowd energy high. It's like being at some massive concert, man. Like, you don't want it to end. That's the disciples. And then he sends them away, and there's this confusion and maybe some disillusionment about their dream because they have the same dream the crowd has i mean they want to be the commanders under jesus the general leading a revolution to overthrow the roman empire jesus is established the king and they're all sitting on the on the thrones next to jesus ruling with him the crowd is ready to make jesus king and then suddenly jesus dismisses the crowd tells them all to go away and then jesus goes up the mountain to pray And what did he do with the disciples? He said, you, get in the boat, go to the other side. He gives gives very clear destination to the direction he set them on. He said, get in the boat, go to the other side. Sometimes what we need from Jesus is direction to our destination. But that's not where this story ends. After Jesus dismisses a crowd of 25,000 people and he goes up on the Um, mountain to pray alone by himself because he was trying to make sure that he stayed anchored in his purpose, not getting lost in the euphoric revolution of the crowd. Right, Jesus wanted to stay anchored in in his connection to his relationship with Father God. The disciples set sail because Jesus wanted to make sure that they didn't get intoxicated by what the crowd called success, nor did he want them getting caught in the, in the rising revolution of the crowd. So he sends them across the lake, and as they're sailing, it, it should have been a quick trip, probably about a four-mile trip across the, you know, along the shore across the lake. Except now, they're about seven or eight hours in because as they're sailing, they start a storm starts to rise up. And that's where uh, they find themselves in the middle of a a major storm, and and the boat is getting rocked, their life is getting rocked, and they're alone without Jesus. Now, I've had the privilege of going to Israel. Laura and I got a chance with a group of pastors to go there. We actually stayed uh, at a hotel in Tiberias, right on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, where this story would have taken place. And I can tell you that that The night that we stayed in that hotel, we were having dinner. It's at at sea level, and I've never in my life seen a storm like what hit us. So I don't know if like, you know, they they somehow like they were able to time it, but it was the most spectacular, unbelievable storm I've ever witnessed in my life. I mean, I felt like our entire hotel was gonna get knocked over by the power of this storm. And it came on suddenly, just like Matthew said this storm came on. They were, they were out there and then suddenly they're getting rocked by the storm. And so here's what we have, right? We have them, they're, they're eight hours in to a four hour boat ride, right? It's kind of like Gilligan's Island here. And so it says this, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. And I so appreciate this moment, right? Because in their life, the situation goes from bad to worse. I mean, they're in the middle of a storm and then they see the grim reaper coming to them, like meaning we're about to die. This whole thing is gonna end badly. They see a ghost, Jesus sees them, right? They're, they're shaking in terror. Jesus is skipping on the storm. They, they only can see the ghost, but Jesus sees them. They don't know where they are, but Jesus knows where they are. And he's coming out to them. And that's important for you. Because regardless of whether you know where you're at, you're caught in the middle of a storm, you may feel lost, you may feel abandoned. I promise you that even when you don't know where you are, where you are or how to get out of the mess you're in, Jesus knows where you are. He always comes to those he loves. He knows precisely where you are, he knows precisely what you're going through. He knows your storm. And Jesus is a wave walker. And he's coming to you in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your crisis. And and here's what happens next, right? But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water, What? they wanted and what, G, what, what we want is calm from the storm. What we want is to get back to the way it was before. I mean, isn't that what we're struggling with right now? Like, I want life the way it was before COVID. I want, I want things to be the way they were before my marriage crisis. I want things before our financial disaster. I want things before the diagnosis, right? Like we want to go back to the way it was before, but Jesus always has something better than before. Jesus wants to give you something better than the calm you had before the storm. And how does he do that? Well, it's this. Faith brings peace to fear storms and the peace you gain through faith in a fierce storm, is better than the calm you had before. Because the calm you had before was not tested. The calm you had before is not seasoned with the experience of meeting Jesus in the storms. Peter, he knew what that storm meant. He knew the destruction of the storm. He had experience with the, 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 the force of those kind of storms. I mean, these are fishermen. These are men experienced on that sea. And they know that when these, these squalls or these storms come, they spell nothing but trouble. And he's crying out. This wasn't a cry Test. Jesus, if that's really you, then you'll call to me. No, no, this was a a cry of help. Jesus, help, and if that's you, call me out. Peter was saying, I'd rather get out of this boat and go to Jesus than stay here and drown. The reality is that whatever storms are raging around us, only reveal the storms going on inside of us. And the greatest storm of all is not in our emotions, our mind, in our finances, in our relationships or our home. The greatest storms are the spiritual storms brewing inside of every one of us. And the challenge is that we're not just trying to be rescued, we are completely and utterly shipwrecked. We are out of the boat, underwater spiritually. And what Jesus did and does is he doesn't just come to us. He he dove into the waters of our spiritual storm to rescue us, right? Because the spiritual storm we face is called sin. Sin drowns us. We're dead in our sins. There's no rescue for us In our sins, meaning, here's what I see, right? Today, in every one of our lives, there's all these self-help books, there's counseling and there's coaching and there's all kinds of interventions to help you find a way out of your troubles as if you can be your own savior from the storms you and I created. I'm causing this storm spiritually in my life. It's my sin that causes a storm spiritually to stir up in me and destroy me. And there's no self-help or counseling tools that are going to help you pull yourself out of the storm. You can't throw yourself a life ring. You can't pull yourself up out of the waters. Meaning you can't catch yourself and lift yourself out of the drowning. You and I are Trapped in our sins, we're destroyed by our sins, and we're headed to a forever death as a result of our sins. And so Jesus catches us. How? Because when Jesus died on the cross, he absorbed the judgment sin he took on our eternal death sentence and he died in our place once for all and then jesus emerged out of the deep waters of death and sin triumphant he rose again and as he rose up out of death and the, the destruction of sin he gave us victory his life the life ring to rescue us from sin the spiritual drowning we experience he lifts us up through faith in him so when you and I believe in faith, believe by faith in Jesus, we, we are given new life. We're resurrected from our drowning and we're given forever life through faith in Jesus. Look, if right now what you need is more than just a, a life ring, you need to be rescued through, f- by Jesus uh, from the storms, not just around you, but in you to be forgiven and given new life, would you say yes to Jesus right now? I'm gonna invite you to say yes to Jesus. And if you're saying yes to Jesus, would you let us know? Text the name Jesus to 81411. That's right. And we, you're gonna send a text and you're just letting us know so we can encourage you as you begin this new journey in relationship with God. He, here's what I know is going to happen. When you say yes to Jesus, you're getting something better than going back to the way life was before because all you're doing is returning back to a previous broken state, but God wants to give you something better than just calm before the storm. He wants to show you that he's present in every storm and that faith can bring you through the storm. So let me jump back in this story and I want to show you some practical steps of how God wants to bring you through the storms in your life. Matthew chapter 14, verse 27. Uh, I'm sorry, verse, yeah, uh, Let me me read. Jesus Jesus says this, right? He says, come, come," he said to Peter. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. It's this unbelievable moment. The, The storm is raging. They think they see the grim reaper. Peter cries out, Jesus, if that's really you, call for me to come out to you. Jesus goes, yeah, come on. Peter gets out of the boat And starts walking on the water. See, here's here's what I know Jesus offers fear triumphing faith through the storm. Fear triumphing faith through the storm. We want to avoid the storm, or we want God just to calm the storm. But what Jesus does is he gives us the kind of faith that triumphs over fear. Through the storm. Much of what you're going through, God wants to bring you through by faith in Him so that you learn to trust Him rather than trusting your fears. Fear is faith in evil. Fear is faith that what could go wrong will go wrong, right? It's a belief that the worst will happen to you. But faith believes that Jesus is present with me no matter what is going wrong. This is not faith in faith. It's faith in the person of Jesus. Peter wasn't just stepping out of the boat with this generic spiritual belief, this generic faith. He saw the person of Jesus and he was by faith going to Jesus. It is our faith in Jesus that empowers us to get out of the boat and walk on the storms of life. And so my encouragement and my challenge to you is that if it does not require faith, if it doesn't scare you, if it doesn't intimidate you, then it's not God. Let let me make it clear. If the dreams for your life, if the the goals of your life don't require God to show up, then it's not faith-driven. And so I want to to encourage you, too many of us, because of the troubles of life, because of the storms we've been through, because we went underwater previously, we begin to settle for not jumping into the pool. We begin to settle for walking casually into the waters. We we begin to only set sail when the seas are calm. But I want to challenge you with something. Rather than only having dreams that are fear-driven, for smooth sailing, pursue faith-filled wave walking. Believe that God is gonna give you the kind of faith that will empower you to walk on waves. And he, because he's inviting you out into the deep waters to meet Jesus. He's inviting you out to him. He's saying, come on, by faith, you you can come through this fear storm. I wanna meet you in it. I want to be with you through it. And what you discover is that Jesus is present, right? What turned the storm around was Jesus' presence. It's not your ability to calm the storm. It's not your ability to avoid the storm. It's that God is present wherever you are. Now listen to what happens next. So here we go, right? But when he saw the waves, so here's Peter, right? He, he's out of the boat. He's walking on the waves, but when he, see, when he saw the wind, I, I think uh, he felt the wind and he saw the effect of the wind. He was afraid and beginning to sink, right? I'm thinking of my kids jumping uh, into the water and you see that moment where their eyes bulge because they're going underwater, right? He's afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And then blah, 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 right? Immediately, Jesus does what dads do. He reached out his hand and caught him. That's how I picture this moment. Faith is the courage to face the impossible. This is an impossible moment. If you don't believe in God, this moment's absurd. Jesus walking on water. Peter gets out of a boat, walks on water, starts sinking Save me. Jesus reaches down, pulls him out of the water. Yet it's impossible without faith. What I know is this, that this idea of faith and doubt commingling. Doubt and fear are not the enemy of your faith. Fear storms will strengthen and stretch your faith. Here, here's what Peter was given. He was given a gift in this moment because faith is the courage to face the impossible. Peter was only able to, to face walking on the waves because Jesus was present. You'll only be able to walk on the waves of the fear storms of your life because Jesus is present in your life. But what Jesus does is he invites you out into the deep waters where, yes, sometimes you will begin to doubt. Sometimes you'll see see the wind. You're going to begin to experience the fear resurging in your heart. And it feels like fear is the enemy of faith, but that's not what God's up to. He is strengthening and stretching your faith to give you the courage to face the impossible to walk on the waters. Maybe what you're going through in a fierce storm is an opportunity to be strengthened and stretched. I wanna encourage and invite you that God is present with you. He's meeting you in the, in the deep waters, that right now, if, if what you're struggling with is doubt and fear, God may be using that to strengthen you. You, you, you thought that your doubts were the enemy of faith. It wasn't. God allowed that doubt storm to reinforce your faith in him. He allowed a fear storm to, to rejuvenate and embolden your faith because as you come through those doubt storms, as you come through those fear storms, your faith um, begins to grow and expand because you see how God worked the impossible in and through your life. Jesus responds this way. You have... But you have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? He's not correcting him. He's not slapping. He's just saying, hey, something happened here. What, what, what happened with that doubt storm? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. And in, in another uh, gospel, it says, who is this that is able to even calm the wind and the waves? the the storm around them revealed a storm in them and what Jesus was getting at was this. What What he's showing them is fear triumphing, fear triumphing faith must be strengthened. It's like a, Workout. It's like your kids getting in the donut, having to jump into the pool. What you're doing is you're teaching your kids they can jump in the deep waters. And yeah, when you first jump in, you need a little assistance. You need a little bit of buoying so that when you go under, you come back up because you don't have the muscle memory. You don't have the experience that you can go in and you can come back up, right? And so we put floaties on their arms. We put training wheels on their bikes. Daddy's in the water to catch them when they go under and get them back up. This is what Jesus is doing in this moment. Jesus is being that loving father who's catching them and lifting them up, showing them that your faith can empower you to walk on the waves and in the, the fear storms of life. But he wants to strengthen you. He wants to empower you. Here's what happened. They, they saw the miracles of Jesus already. They, they saw Jesus feed 25,000 people with one meal. They saw Jesus heal blind eyes. They they saw Jesus, witnessed Jesus giving strength to lame legs and raising the dead. But what they hadn't seen was how much Jesus loved them. What they hadn't seen was that God sees them in the storms of life. They didn't know how much Jesus cared until they were alone in the middle of a storm and Jesus came walking out to them. And in this moment, their whole faith journey is transformed, it's strengthened, it's stretched. And the, the storms you're, faithing, you're the storms you're facing are strengthening your faith. God doesn't want you to always stay as a little child standing on the edge of the pool with him having to go, "Come on, trust me, you can jump." God wants to embolden you and strengthen your faith so that you trust him, so that you grow in him, so that when you see the next fear storm, the next doubt storm, the next financial storm, you know that you know that you know that God is present in it, that God will be with you through it, that God is always by your side, even when you can't see him, and even when it doesn't make sense, even when it feels impossible, because you're, you're, faith muscles have been strengthened and stretched and you trust him no matter what. When that when that storm is not calm, you know God is present. When that financial situation doesn't turn around, you know that God is your provider. When that sickness isn't healed, that no matter what, Jesus is my great physician. When the, relational, when the relationship situation doesn't suddenly turn around, I know that God is for me, that God loves me, and God can restore this relationship, right? Like you begin to be strengthened in your faith to believe in and through the impossible, but you gotta go through it. You got to keep, you got to go underwater and come back up. And God, he doesn't cause the storms. He doesn't send the storms. But he will allow you in the storm. And he'll meet you in the storm to strengthen you through it. To strengthen your faith. To begin to work that faith like a muscle. Some of you right now, you thought that what you were going through was an impossible situation. And it is. But God is the God of the impossible and he's bringing you through it. He's strengthening your faith and he's beginning to allow you to believe for bigger and better things, something better than what was before, better than just the calm before the storm. Because once you've been through it, you know that God will give you the faith to believe, the, the, the courage to face storms and not just get you out of it, but allow you to walk on it and walk in it and I believe there are some of you that right now God wants to begin to embolden you to begin to walk on the waves that you are facing begin to walk through the storm that you're battling begin to embolden you by faith begin to take steps into the impossible the courage to to go out and even though you're seeing the effects of the wind and feeling the waves but Pushing up against you, you have, you have God's presence alongside of you and God's presence with you. He will pull you out if you need it, but He wants to enable you to walk through it. You're going to get through this. God is present with you, He's emboldening and strengthening your faith. Would you allow me to pray with you right now? Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you love us enough that you sent your son Jesus not to calm every storm or to rescue us from the storm, but God, to meet us in the storm, to lift us out of the deep waters, to stir our faith, to strengthen our faith in order to face the impossibles. God, I pray for individuals in this room, God, that are joining us online, whatever Storm, whatever doubt storm, whatever different storm they're facing. God, that you are the God who meets them in the storm, that you are present with them. They are not alone. But God, that you would also show them that they can face impossible situations with you, not only by their side, but you strengthening them. God, I pray. Of course, God, we're praying that you would do miracles in financial storms. You would heal the sick. You would strengthen the weak. God, you would, you would heal homes. God, you would do impossible things and completely transform the storm. But God, I also pray that right now we would recognize your presence in the storm. God, that you would give us strength and faith. So that the next time we face a storm, we know you're present. Our, our, our faith is stretched and strengthened to know that you're with us in the impossibles of life. Give us that courage to walk out into that impossible. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're joining us online and you would like someone to pray with you right now, you can just let us know. There, there's, a, there's a place in our online platform where you can just say, I, I want prayer and we would love to pray with you. If you're if those of you in are right now with us, um, here in Hagerstown, we want to invite you to receive prayer. If you need someone to pray with you, we have people who believe by faith that God can do the impossible and meet you in the impossible. On either side of the platform, we have a prayer team. In the back by the lamps, we have individuals who would love to pray with you. If you want prayer, ask for it. But, but I also want to kind of stir your heart right now as we go into this song, that you would just say, God, would you meet me here? God, would you meet me? Would you, would you just strengthen and stir my faith in the storm? through this storm would you join us right now as we sing thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church we believe that through Christ life change happens here so we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org